Oh my God! OMG! OMG! Oh my God! Welcome to The Internet Says It's True. This is a show where we learn something new every week, and it's been an awesome week. I appeared in the F Cancer Cabaret, a variety show that Nikki Smith puts on every year. We raised a few thousand dollars for cancer research, and I actually put out a new bit, which is exciting. If you're new to the show, I'm a professional magician. That's what I do for a living, and I've been working for a few months on a new routine with a cup and a ball, and I finally took it to the stage this weekend. Super exciting. Also, if you haven't checked it out yet, I posted the entire series of all 60 episodes of my talk show, Joke Story Trick, up on the Patreon. And finally, before we get to this week's topic, I'll be posting a new bonus episode soon. It's recorded, I just need to do some editing. So if you like true crime, it's a good one. All right, enough with all that. Let's get to today's caller who comes to us from Iowa. Hi, Michael. It's Alex from Duluth. Love the show. I recently learned that OMG isn't a new abbreviation. It actually dates back to 1917. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, Well, first of all, no. Um, Thanks for that, Alex. I've been to Duluth, and I have to say it is a really cool little river town. I enjoyed it a lot. So uh, let's see. OMG. I spent some time looking into it. I didn't. I had never even thought about looking into this. Um, But here's what I found out. First of all, yes, the internet says this is true. And second of all, like so many of the origin stories I've covered on this podcast, this one goes back to Old England. Let's talk about abbreviations first. The first English abbreviations were seen in Old English, and we can see an example of this in old texts. If you look at some of the original copies of the poem Beowulf, you'll see abbreviations like the use of the letter Y for if or the ampersand for and. When you see old store names in England, it's common to see names like Ye Old Corner Shop. Today, people pronounce it as it's spelled, Ye Old. But between the 15th and 17th centuries in England, an abbreviation called the Thorn, which looks like a half circle if you dropped a line through the middle of it, or maybe similar to a P with the stems extending both above and below. It stood for the TH sound, And so to abbreviate the word the, T-H-E, it would simply be the thorn letter followed by a small e. This eventually would be incorrectly written as a Y, especially by printers and sign makers who didn't have the die for the thorn abbreviation, and the rest is history. Now old store names in England are preceded by ye, which is meant to be pronounced the, but rarely is. The use of abbreviations is centuries old, And I thought I'd talk about a couple interesting abbreviations that may be older than you think. It's common to see the President of the United States abbreviated on Twitter as POTUS. It's the official Twitter handle for the office, at POTUS. Likewise with FLOTUS and SCOTUS, but those abbreviations actually were used long before social media. A man named Walter P. Phillips wrote a book in 1879 called The Phillips Telegraphic Code for the Rapid Transmission by Telegraph. And in that book, he suggested referring to the Supreme Court as SCOTUS when transmitting messages. Soon, SCOTUS and POTUS were being used and have continued being used for 140 years. Nobody thinks about two abbreviations that they use every day, AM and PM. They stand for the Latin phrases anti-meridium and post-meridium, and they date back to the 1600s. Even though abbreviations have been used for centuries, They saw a jump in usage and in the creation of brand new abbreviations 
with the rise of the internet. On your mark, get set. We're riding on the internet. Cyberspace set free. Hello, virtual reality. Interactive appetite. Searching for a website, a window to the world. Got to get online. Take a spin now. You're in with the techno set. You're going surfing on the internet. In the night. <laughs> that song, by the way, uh, ridiculous. That's from an actual kids. 1997 how to use the internet video an instructional video in the 1990s chat rooms became a place where internet users conversed with strangers chat rooms were filled with brand new abbreviations and acronyms when someone would leave an online room or instant message conversation they might say ttfn tata for now or when greeting a person they might ask asl for age sex location Soon, chat rooms became instant messaging, and that became texting, and a, a whole slew of new slang started developing. News stations had a field day with this, running stories, warning parents, here's what your kids might be secretly saying to each other. Teenagers have developed a secret language to hide stuff from parents. As a mom, I, I need to be aware of this code. The Valley doctor says teens are using a secret and potentially dangerous language that you may not know even exists. They've created new codes for texts you can see, codes you need to know. Your child's safety could depend on it. Carol Coleman was surprised to learn LMIRL means let's meet in real life. Michelle Burgess successfully guessed what GYPO means. Get your pants off. I didn't realize they had that whole language like that, and I just want to keep track of KPC, keep parents clueless. If you see that, then you should probably investigate. It's growing, so much, it's getting right? more smart. You just got to have constant conversation with your teens. Yeah. You really do. It's so fast the way they. All right, a, a bit of hysteria there uh, by the news, but uh, many of us use these every day in text messages these days, and it sounds tragically uncool to dissect them and talk about them. It makes me feel at least a decade older just talking about these abbreviations, but LOL, LMAO, BRB, these only came about because of technology. By the way, I'm sure I'm not the only one. When I use LOL, it means it's funny, but if I type out ha 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 ha, like H-A-H-A-H-A, it means I'm actually laughing out loud. Internet text abbreviations are also commonly used because of Twitter's character limit. In order to fit a message into a tweet, acronyms and abbreviations are used. There are dozens of these frequently used acronyms and abbreviations, and some of them have been accepted into the Webster's Dictionary. For example, TLDR, an abbreviation that rose to popularity on Reddit. It stands for too long didn't read, and it's used at the end of a long block of text before summarizing that text into one or two short sentences. Like TLDR, a lot of abbreviations started being read out loud as their abbreviations rather than the words they were replacing. Think about the abbreviation ETC for etc. You've never heard someone list a few things and then say ETC. They always replace it with the Latin phrase it represents, etc. With the rise of internet language and text speak, it started to become normal practice, at least for younger people, to read abbreviations out loud as the abbreviation rather than the words they're replacing. For instance, you might hear someone say LOL or LOL instead of laugh out loud or YOLO instead of you only live once or OMG instead of oh my god. And that brings us back to the topic of today's episode. This week's ad-free show is brought to you by the Patreon supporters who have joined at producer level. Sean Brown, Catherine Morgan, Taylor Hurt, 
Tony Ford, Bryce Swanson, Mitch Joseph Kemplin, Andrew Joseph Kemplin, Eugene Anderson, Mac McVeigh, Jim Martin, Joanne Martin, and Josh Van Allen. Thank you to all of you. If you'd like to join and get bonus episodes, unedited interview videos with my guests and more, I actually put up a rehearsal video the other day of the bit that I was talking about earlier. You don't have to join at the producer level. You can get access to all that at a dollar a month. It's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. I would love to see your support there. Let's get back to the show. The Act of Contrition, a Christian prayer expressing sorrow for sins. Here's the traditional version. O my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended thee, and I detest all my sins because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell, but most of all because they have offended thee, my God, who art all good and deserving of my love. I firmly resolve, with the help of thy grace, to confess my sins, to do penance, and to amend my life. Amen. It's kind of, kind of dark stuff, in my opinion. You can see how easily the exclamation of, oh my God, would have become a popular saying. The saying, my God, can be found dating back to 1340, but oh my God, as an exclamation, starts appearing around the beginning of the 20th century. That's a huge gap between 1340 and the 20th century. Some think the reason for that huge gap of time is due to how taboo it was in early England to take the Lord's name in vain. Then... In September of 1917, a retired British Navy Admiral, John Fisher, 1st Baron Fisher, wrote a colorful letter to Winston Churchill. In the letter, Lord Fisher, who was in his 70s, was vibrantly complaining about the current state of readiness of the Royal Navy. He closed the letter with the following. I hear that a new order of knighthood is on the tapis. OMG, oh my God, shower it on the Admiralty. He wrote the letters O period, M period, G period, and then after that, in parentheses, O exclamation point, my God exclamation point, end parentheses. And maybe this was because he wasn't sure if Winston Churchill would know what he meant by OMG. Webster's posts a list every spring of new words that they've added to their dictionary. It's sort of a way that a word is made official. In the last couple decades, Many of these new words had their origin in text speak or internet jargon. In 2011, Webster's Dictionary added OMG and in doing so made a considerable effort to track down the history of use. This is when they found the letter from 1917 and credited the first use of the popular saying OMG not to a texting teen but to a septuagenarian retired royal admiral. Now it's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend and quiz them, and today I'm talking with a comedian friend of mine, Pat Deering. Pat is a law student here in Columbus, Ohio, and runs the nonprofit group Stand Up for Choice. How's your weekend, man? It's been good. It's been good. It's finally summer here in Ohio. Yeah, after well, last week it rained all week, and this week it's uh, it's actually kind of warm. I spent all day hiking yesterday, like was outdoors literally all day until a show last night, so it was beautiful. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm jealous. I was inside doing housework. Oh, uh, well, that's what I'm doing today. So cool. I, yeah. I have to make up for it. <laughs> uh, anywho, uh, you just had some excitement this morning at home. I did. Yeah. Um, excitement that was entirely uh, missed by me. Oh, I no. Guess. <laughs> uh, enough that the rest of the neighborhood got excited. I guess there was some sort of disturbance next door. 
police were sniffing around about it. They came and knocked on my door like, hey, did you hear anything? See anything? I was like, nothing. And then, of course, they got all like, you just don't want to tell us because, like, we're the police. Yeah. (laughs) You'd be cool with us. And I'm like, no, four in the morning, Occam's Razor, I was actually asleep. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We noticed you didn't have a blue stripe flag out front of your door. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm happy to have you on the podcast. Uh, I'm glad that you're here and that the cops weren't coming for you. Uh, Now, our listeners have just learned about this topic, but I haven't talked to you about it all. Then after this first question, we'll get into some stuff that's new to all of us. And this first question, we are playing for a donation of $50 to Stand Up for Choice, which is a group that you administer. Uh, And so if you get it right, I will donate $50 to Stand Up for Choice. If you get it wrong and I don't donate that money, it's on you. Oof. Uh, (laughs) All right. So it, it will, it, it'll sort of be, it's sort of a judgment on how well you're running your nonprofit. <laughs> Basically, if you don't get this right and you, you would have had the ability to raise 50 more dollars this week than you raised. Uh, <laughs> here's your question. The first known use of the abbreviation OMG or Oh My God was which one of these? A. A Royal Navy Admiral in 1917. B. Usher featuring Will I Am in 2010. Or C. Fab Five Freddy on Yo MTV Raps in August 1989. You know what? I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the first one. Um, the Admiralty. The Royal Navy Admiral in 1917. Yeah, that sounds. The British love some acronyms. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a risk and say it's that you are correct. You have just won $50 for stand up for choice, uh, which I will donate when we're done today. I will Venmo that over to you and support a great cause. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, there was a letter that they found. So what happened was when Webster's dictionary adds these crazy internet acronyms to their dictionary to make them part of the, you know, everyday lexicon. They do this intense in-depth research and they found a letter. Their first the first instance that they found of OMG being used as an abbreviation was this Royal Navy admiral writing a letter to Winston Churchill in 1917. So <laughs> Churchill. Yeah, to Churchill and and Churchill was a young man then, but the admiral was in his 70s. He was like an old retired guy. So And did did he mean it as as he, oh my god or was it he in fact in the letter which uh you can see i'm going to post it with with this episode he puts in parentheses oh my god after omg so he types omg and then in parentheses writes oh my god just in case winston churchill couldn't figure it out which maybe he wouldn't have you know i, I don't know <laughs> I, I mean i would have assumed that it, it stood for something British, it would have been ostentatious, malicious, precarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they that's true. They are <laughs> the Royal Navy. I didn't they are they big on say, the acronym. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing, you know, it, it, military in general, just full of acronyms. Uh, but no, oh, yeah. it's it, it was sort of an everyday usage of oh my god, and and there you have it. <laughs> so you have won that one. Question two for this question, if you get it wrong, you have to tell me the worst joke you ever wrote. Oh, 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 oh. If it's if it's family, do you have a, a family friendly 
you know, I try to keep this podcast somewhat clean. Um, if if not, we'll figure something else out. If you get okay. it right, I'll tell you mine. Um, All right. The worst joke I ever wrote. These are lines from the song OMG by Usher featuring Will I Am. Finish the lyrics. And if you want, I'll give you multiple choice, but that's up to you. Here's <laughs> here, here are the lyrics. Here's the phrase. Fell in love with Shawty when I see her on the dance floor. She was dancing sexy, pop, pop, popping, dropping, dropping low. Never ever has a lady hit me on the first sight. This was something special. Multiple choices? Yeah. I Here mean, we shocker, go. The, the, shocker, the guy that knew that the British were up to something with OMG can't finish a Will I Am song. So. <laughs> <laughs> Never ever has a lady hit me on the first sight. This was something special. A, this one kept me up all night. B, this was just like dynamite. Or C, this was my preemptive right. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's C. I'm going to go with, with dynamite B. You are correct. This was just uh. like dynamite. Uh, <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of the preemptive right one. Uh, that was, studying that law. That was, that was catered to the law student. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so <laughs> you got it right. I'll tell you the worst joke I ever wrote. And uh, this was a suggestion with a friend of mine. We were at. I was looking for, I, I used to start my show making fun of the college mascot at whatever college I was at. And I was up in Ada, Ohio before this show. It's Ohio Northern. Their mascot is the polar bears. Yeah, and, we used to swim them. I went to, I went to Wittenberg. They were oh, yeah. at the conference. So, yeah. The Wittenberg Tigers? Tigers, yeah. Yes. It, got, it got boring. We used to be the fighting Lutherans back in the day, which <laughs> would have been which so is much cooler. A lot of fun. Uh, but but Tigers, <laughs> I grew up around Springfield. I grew up in Urbana, and oh, yeah. I can attest that there are no Tigers in that area. Nope. And that was sort of the basis for this joke up in Ada, is that uh, Ada is a sort of a poor community in Ohio, very small uh, area. And this is, is so horrible. Such a horrible joke. I used to say, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. Polar bears, not native to Ada, Ohio. But who knows? Maybe up in the North Pole, there's a college whose mascot is the unwed mothers. And you could just you could just swap. And it's a horrible, horrible joke. Oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah, that that was a rough one. And this was <laughs> I, I feel the need to also say this was like. 16 years ago 15 years ago not that that makes it okay but um yeah so and then i changed it after a while uh that you know there was a college in the in the north pole whose whose mascot is the meth teeth i think is what i changed it to it, uh, any way you look at it it was bad uh, yeah. making fun of the small town and uh, the worst joke i ever wrote quickly took it out and that's on me <laughs> so there you go my embarrassing moment Question number three. The running prize for question number three is always one of these stickers. This is a sticker uh, that says, tell me what to Google, which is the former name of this podcast. Uh, I ordered these stickers right before I changed the name. So I have a stack of them. Nice. One of the oldest acronyms continually in use is RSVP. What does it stand for? Respondez-vous si vous play. That is correct. In France, it is now actually more common. They don't use respondez uh, si vous play 
in in France now. They they say I'm going to try to I've never studied French. Response attendu avant les and then the the time that they the, your answer is expected before blank. Uh, and then, in addition, the French uh, initialism SVP is frequently used to represent s'il vous plaît. Please. Uh, but they don't say respond, uh, responde s'il vous plaît. Apparently, that's old-fashioned in France. It's, yeah, that would be very formal. But I didn't realize it had changed. But it makes sense. Um, I also I haven't learned any new French since 10th grade. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. I did. I've never studied any French, and I did an episode of this show about Eugene Boulard, who was a an American that mm-hmm. fought in. Well, he was a he was he fought in France, um, in with the French military in before World War One. Yeah, yeah, before America had joined World War One, and uh, there's so many French pronunciations in that word. So if you want to, or in that in that episode, if you want to hear me butcher the French language. That's the episode to listen to. Uh, you got it correct. You're three for three, and you get a sticker, which is exciting because I'm trying to get rid of these. Uh, question four. We are playing for a right-wing Facebook post. This is the highest stakes, perhaps, of the entire quiz. It can be a repost of a right-wing media source without comment or an original post from you using some sort of right-wing talking point. So if you get the question right, I've got to post that. I've got to post uh, either, a, you know, a One American News source without comment, with no context, um, or maybe, you know, and, and what's going to happen is I used to have this bit in my show, and I still do it sometimes, where I, I have two people tie me up with 100 feet of rope. And if I don't escape in time, someone gets to update my Facebook post with whatever they want. They can update my Facebook ah. if, if I don't escape. And inevitably... They would write something like they they know you know my politics and they would write something like build that wall and everyone on my Facebook knew that that's what had happened. They're like, oh, doing the rope trick again tonight. Yeah. And so <laughs> if you get this question right, that's what they're going to think when I post this. They're gonna be like, oh, you did the rope trick again. Cool. Uh, so first, first time out of lockdown doing the rope trick and you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just everyone, just get up real close to me. Uh, you know, let me breathe on you while you tie me up with a hundred feet of rope and make me feel like 2020 all over again. <laughs> and so if you get it wrong, same from you. Do you agree to the terms? Yeah, I can. This I can is this is a tough one for either one of us. This is hard. In the Very Well Family blog, they post a list of teen texting abbreviations to warn parents about the very scary things their kids might be saying to people on the Internet. In the list are things like TDTM which they say stands for talk dirty to me. OC, which supposedly stands for open crib, meaning the parents aren't home. That's what they think these kids are texting to each other. OC, hey, yo, OC, open crib. Open crib. So here's your question. What, according to these people on this blog, does F-Y-E-O mean? F-Y-E-O? F-Y-E-O. I don't know. I don't even know what the actual thing for FYEO is. I this was my first time hearing it. Um, once you once I tell it to you, you'll be like, oh yeah. And and this would be in the context of like two teens texting each other. Two teens, perhaps sending each other photos, maybe via Snapchat. Oh, so it probably means for your eyes only. 
That is correct. Oh, yeah. You got it with all the clues, uh, which means I have to post some embarrassing right wing Facebook post. And um, I already have a decent idea because I almost wrote this the other day and I didn't because I thought people aren't going to know that this is a joke. So I have an idea <laughs> of something. Um, and, and so hold on, though, like it's for your eyes only. That sounds like a relatively normal acronym. Yeah, it might right. be. It might oh, be, okay. but if someone wrote FYEO to me, I wouldn't know what that meant. Like, I, I would be like, wait, what's, what's this mean? FYEO. Like, I feel like anyone, but, but then again, I'm also 42 years old, and anyone who would type that to me would probably just write for your eyes only. They wouldn't type FYEO to me. Um, Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't yeah. know if this was like one of those, those lists where like they are just so far off or they're a like- couple of them were. It was a good mixture. Um, okay. but that was included yeah. <laughs> in, and that's why I, I chose that one for it. Cause that one was the most guessable OC open crib. No one would have yeah. ever, ever right. got, or TDTM talk dirty to me. That's <laughs> not a thing that anyone has actually yeah. ever, ever typed. I don't well, they're think like, you know, DTF. Yes. Don't touch Frankie. <laughs> yeah. He's having a horrible day. <laughs> that's uh, that wasn't in the list which i was really surprised by you would have thought that that would be that would be in there but oh and you know and i I, when i was doing this episode when i was studying uh like the different acronyms i found so many amazing news articles that were like things your kids might be saying to each other and they were like news clips from the evening news were like check your kid's phone for these acronyms just complete freak out they're probably doing drugs. There, there has not been an episode yet that has made me feel as old and out of touch as this one. Like this episode, I was just like, even discussing internet acronyms and just texting acronyms, just to talk about it feels so uncool. <laughs> it's like so ridiculously uncool. Uh, it's one of those things where by the time that it reaches the internet, it's no one's using it anymore. Exactly. I mean, if I get a text that has an OMG or someone writing your as you are, you are for, for the word for that's less of an indication that it's a teen. And these days I'm like, yeah, secret boomer. Yes. Um, <laughs> Am I talking to a 12 year old from 1998? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, secret boomer. That's awesome. Question five. This one is for all the marbles. If you get this wrong, I'm banning you from the show. Never to be asked on again. So, not quite as high stakes as the Facebook post, but pretty big. <laughs> Pat Deering, what inspires you? Uh, <laughs> what inspires me? Um, you know, I think that changes uh, pretty frequently. Um, but throughout, um, throughout the last year, um, both with the pandemic, um, with, the, with the, the national protests this summer, with our bizarro world election and the the constant dramatics with that, uh, I think what is inspiring me currently is people who have just sort of that uh, hope in the face of all odds and against all evidence, um, because I'm not one of those people. I, I am not either. I would um, love to know how to do that. Yeah, because I, I have, you know, when people ask me, because, you know, law school, politics, and, you know, people come to me and, and ask me questions about these things, I, I have a hard time these days being hopeful and saying, like, we'll figure this out, or we've been through worse before, or, you know, most Americans are genuinely good and don't do these things. 
but there are some people who can continue to do that and can continue to do that positively, energetically, and with a smile on their face. And um, there's been a number of times over the last year where I have been able to be positive and say yes and be inspired only because I have been lucky enough to be around a person like that at the right time um, or the right moment because I just, I don't have it anymore. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really great to hear. Um, so you have just given us hope by telling you that you were able to have a little bit of hope rub off on you, which is cool. Um, and I, I definitely, uh, I definitely enjoy that feeling of, of when you hang out with someone who is able to see the world differently than you are and it rubs yeah. off on you in a positive way. So that's great. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for, for sharing your time with us as well uh, on this Sunday. Yeah. You can learn about Pat Deering's nonprofit Stand Up for Choice by visiting where, Pat? Uh, you can find us on Facebook, um, just uh, Columbus Stand Up for Choice. Um, you can always search the hashtag CSU, the number four, uh, C. Oh, God, I just realized I was making fun of people using the digit four for the word four. Here I am. Putting it in. <laughs> Secret boomer. Secret boomer. Secret boomer. Secret boomer. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook at Columbus Stand Up for Choice, um, or you can just uh, search Pat Deering Comedy. Um, I'm usually posting links for it there. And we also are, all, we also are on Instagram at Columbus Stand Up for Choice. Um, and you can find myself and my, uh, my co-founder, co-producer, Amber Falter, uh, running that show quarterly here in Central Ohio to raise funds. Uh, for anybody who needs access to reproductive health care here in Central Ohio. Love it. Thanks again, man. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. That's all for this week. Thanks to Alex for the show topic and to Pat Deering for being a guest. Go hit the Patreon if you want to see the video unedited of the guest quiz or to hear bonus episodes like the one that's going to be coming out hopefully this week. Also, if you learned something that you didn't already know from my show, please go over to iTunes, leave a review with five stars and a few words. That's the rule. You got to do it. Helps me a ton because that's how the algorithm works to get the podcast suggested to more people. And that way we can keep learning something new if the Internet says it's true. The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help make this show possible. Sean Brown, Catherine Morgan, Taylor Hurt, Tony Ford, Bryce Swanson, Mitch Joseph Kimplin, Andrew Joseph Kimplin, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, Jim Martin, Joanne Martin, Josh Van Allen. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and additional music this week was from the United States Marine Band, Asher Falero and Bobby Richards. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. 